Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, June 15th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show... It's a crying shame, and it's time for things to change. And it starts with you and I. And we can make a difference right here in Rankin County, because I ain't leaving. Hallelujah. Protest against systemic racism and police bias continue throughout the state. Then, Mississippians are facing mental health challenges as the pandemic continues. Plus, with conversation over the state flag re-energized, energized, we re-examine the design favored to replace it. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The rallying cries for change within police departments continued this weekend throughout the state. From the greater Jackson area to the Pine Belt, hundreds gathered to speak in solidarity against the systemic racism they say is at the root of police brutality and bias. In Brandon, residents gathered outside of the local police department to present Chief William Thompson with demands and questions. One of the principal questions was the demographics of the police department. Thompson says six of the 40 members of the Brandon PD are African-American. Seven are women. He also stressed to the crowd that he thoroughly vets applicants on the force. To become a member of the Brandon Police Department is extremely hard. Yes, I get in your business. I'll look at your social media post. If I see Confederate flags, if I see Nazi flags, You don't come to work here. Brandon resident and activist Sham Williams also addressed the crowd, drawing on her experiences to highlight the injustices she says are inherent in system, a system riddled with hurdles for black communities. Being who I am in the deep south, I'm a woman, I'm a black woman, I am a black gay woman. I know firsthand how it feels to be ostracized. I know how it feels to be a minority on so many different levels. I have gone to way more rallies and protests than I should have to as an American citizen. It's insane fighting for something that's already supposed to be mine. But I should not have to fight for a place in the town where I live. I should not have to fight to be seen in the town where my grandmother purchased her first and only home, where my mom grew up, where my little cousin just became the first African-American female salutatorian at the high school. I should not be fighting to be here. Brandon is a great place. I'll give it that. But no place is perfect. 
And we owe it to ourselves and our children and our children's children to stand up for one another. That's black and white. I urge you to utilize your city council. I urge you to utilize your aldermen and your city officials. Get to know these people. I urge you to exercise your right to vote and to understand why it is so important for your body to be counted in the census. Forge relationships with Chief Thompson and these men and women that we pay to protect this town. It does us no good to gripe on social media if we do not use the resources that are laid in front of us to voice our concerns and to act for change. Anybody can type a Facebook post. But what actions are you putting behind that Facebook post? And it has to be a collective action. Williams also addressed the key issue of police violence against members of the black community, calling on protesters to take their voices beyond demonstrations to the city hall and the voting booth. Black men and black women should be able to be detained when necessary by police without being unjustifiably murdered. We should be able to sit in our own homes without police barging in, shooting first and asking questions later. We should be able to be present in white neighborhoods without being profiled by someone who was up to no good. We should be able to drive nice cars without it being suspected that we either stole it or sold drugs to get it. This moment right here is about awareness. This rally is to show our brothers and sisters all over the world that are directly dealing with these tragedies that even though we are not directly dealing with it, we stand with you in solidarity. Just because it's not happening here doesn't mean that it can't. And just because it's not happening here in that exact manner doesn't mean that things aren't happening. Racism does not have to be blatant to be racism. We need people to understand that not all history is good history. And that's why we have a problem with that symbol of secured slavery that sits in the middle of town. We are still fighting. To not have to move about the area that we call home and drive past that thing and be reminded of the hurt and the pain that comes with it. Still fighting. But that takes conversation. And that takes checking your unconscious bias at the door. It takes educating yourselves. It takes making yourself a little bit uncomfortable in order to truly get to know your neighbors and your coworkers and your kids' baseball team and your community. And right now, we all have the opportunity to do better. That was Brandon resident and activist Sham Williams. Dr. Ava Harvey, pastor at Pilgrim Rest Missionary Baptist Church, says he used to believe education would save him from racial profiling. Now he says not even education is enough to prevent it. And at one point, I thought that education was going to be the key. But I have just as much fear in my heart as you do when I'm pulled over by a police officer right here in my own town. And I am a Rankin County resident for over 48 years, living in Pearl and Brandon. And I'm very concerned every time my children leave the house at night because I don't know what's going to happen. And some of you don't know the fear of that if you don't have my pigmentation. So I'm glad to see you here, but I want you to continue to stand with us and know that these are real issues that have been here for quite some time. 
The calls against systemic racism from protesters go beyond police departments. The pandemic has also revealed significant health disparities as communities of color have been disproportionately affected by COVID-19. State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs says the seeds of racism do play a factor in the troubles seen in health care. We're all from Mississippi. We know our history and we know the impact that that's had on generations of people who have lived here. Um, from a scientific perspective, we know that there are numerous levels of impact on uh, minority communities and especially the black community in Mississippi. I mean, part of it's going to be economic disparities that give you lack of opportunity. Um, it's going to be uh, segregation in the schools and then, um, and then, then the translation of that into the future. Um, even beyond that, though, um, and all that certainly feeds into health disparities, um, it's well known that uh, institutionalized racism, um, uh, racism as it is understood by those who are offended, it has very bad health impacts. It, it, it worsens cardiovascular outcomes, increases blood pressure. This is not surprising at all. Is a part of the reason we have some of the health outcome disparities. So, um, yes, racism is a, a factor. In, in health and racism is a factor in public health and it's something that the agency we have um, kind of strengthened our, our health equity office we are reinvesting in that and have been well well before this and combating health disparities with all the sources whatever they may be is a commitment of the department of health and it will continue to be as we go into the future Coming up, Mississippians are facing mental health challenges as the pandemic continues This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Calls to Mississippi's suicide prevention hotline are on the rise, increased by 20% throughout the coronavirus pandemic, according to mental health officials. The fear, anxiety, and pain caused by the coronavirus pandemic and social isolation are some of the factors state officials link to a 20% increase in call volume. Governor Tate Reeves is asking Mississippians to stay socially distant, but not socially isolated. He asked residents who feel depressed during these times to not give up on life. Do not give up on life. Even if you do not feel it today, you are valued. You are loved. You are needed. This state needs you to get up every day and be yourself. We need you to bring your unique light to this world. We are a better place because of you. I'd encourage everyone to reach out to people that may be experiencing isolation and loneliness. Those are powerful diseases of the mind. They are, too often, deadly. Please, to my fellow Mississippians, show some extra love today. Show some extra kindness. And please be willing to show empathy to anyone you encounter and make an effort to reach out to those who may need you. 
Wendy Bailey is the chief of staff at the Mississippi Department of Mental Health. She says data indicates nearly one in five Mississippians will face mental health challenges in their lives. We know that one in five Mississippians will experience a mental illness during their lifetime. And we know that one in 25 Mississippians will experience a serious mental illness during their lifetime, like bipolar schizophrenia. Knowing these numbers, mental illness is common. It's common, but it's not often talked about. People across the world right now are experiencing fear, anxiety, depression, hopelessness, sadness, anger, all due to things that are revolve around this COVID-19 pandemic. But it's important for us to remember that everyone responds to stress differently. There is no right or wrong way to respond to stress. Every, every, everyone responds to it differently, and we have to make our mental health a priority. Bailey also says during a stressful event like the pandemic, part of maintaining mental health is to step back and away from the things that trigger anxiety or fear. Sometimes we may need to step back from social media and and all of the stories about the pandemic and give ourselves a break. Taking care of our body and connecting with your faith. Also trying to eat healthy, well-balanced meals and exercising regularly. And connecting with others. Governor Reeves spoke about um, social distancing. It has saved uh, numerous lives. But at the same time, social distancing does not mean disconnecting with everyone. Making sure that you stay connected with your loved ones and you talk about your concerns and how you're feeling. But if your feelings start to impact your ability to function each day, we want you to know that you are not alone and that help is available and that there are resources. The Mississippi Department of Mental Health has several programs available to residents seeking help. Wendy Bailey says oftentimes Mississippians get caught up helping others and don't stop to help themselves. Self-care is not selfishness. Self-care allows you to take care of others. So it's important to give yourself some credit and celebrate the small wins. Check in on yourself. Make sure you're doing what you need to do to stay mentally healthy. Eating right, exercising, taking the medication that you need to take. And also um, making sure that that you communicate and talk to those around you. Um, There are a lot of resources that are available in our state. Um, It's important that we don't ignore our own emotions and our ability to cope during this time and that we reach out to those resources when they're needed. Back in March, the state of Mississippi, the Department of Mental Health, launched a website called mentalhealthms.com. And this is a comprehensive website to serve as a hub of information. The suicide hotline number is 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Coming up with conversation over the state flag re-energized, we examine the design favored to replace it. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. 
Cries against systemic racism have re-energized an old conversation in Mississippi, the debate over the state flag. Emblazoned with the battle flag of the Confederacy, the Mississippi flag has long been a topic of consternation for many. Now, Mississippi lawmakers are starting to churn the waters as they look to draft possible resolutions to replace the flag. Others want to put it to a vote of the people as they did in 2001. As the debate continues, the favored design to replace the current flag is the Stennis flag, designed by Lauren Stennis. She joins us to share how the design came to be and how the name associated with the flag presents a troubled legacy. You know, I'm born and raised in Mississippi, but I was away for a number of years. And, and the, at the end of 2013, I moved back. And at the beginning of 2014, I bought a little house. And I was really excited to be back home in Mississippi. And I, I wanted to put a, a flag outside of my house <laughs> to kind of celebrate that. But I in no way identify with and do not like the current state flag. I think it is offensive. I think it's hurtful. I think it's harmful. And I don't identify with it, and it doesn't communicate what I would want to communicate, um, which is uh, hospitality. Describe the design for those who haven't seen it and the significance of the elements within the flag. It is um, uh, a white field with a red bar down both the left and the right sides. And in the center, there is a, a circle of 19 stars. And then the 20th star is the largest star in the middle, and those are all... Um, Blue. The the pantones in the flag are match the United States flag exactly. It's old glory red, old glory blue, and then white. Um, the red in the flag is a color that signifies signifies the and honors the blood spilled by Mississippians who have given their life fighting for liberty and justice for all. And so that would be just as much a a military veteran who died for that cause as as much as honoring Medgar Evers. Um, and then the the circular shape. Um, number one, it, it gives this sense of movement uh, forward and backwards. You know, I feel like our current flag is kind of stuck in time and very rigid. And this, I wanted to introduce the idea of movement. And it was beautiful because a lot of the indigenous artwork, um, particularly among Choctaws, has circular imagery. Um, and so I wanted to uh, reference that part of our history as well. Um, and then the number of stars, we were the 20th state to join the Union so that's why there are 20 stars. And the largest one in the middle is Mississippi. Um, there, are two, there are a lot of things that go into influencing the design, but there are two things about that. One was, um, you know, a, a historic symbol related to Mississippi was what was known as the Bonnie Blue flag, which is a white star on a navy blue background. And it was often used around the time of the Civil War um, and what I wanted to do was take a historic symbol, but invert it and, and turn it from a time of, of tragedy into a new symbol of hope. Uh, it's not unlike the way, you know, the cross, which was once a symbol of torture and death, is, is now for so many a symbol of hope and resurrection. So, um, so I wanted to, to have that, that sense of transformation of suffering, if you will. Um, with with that and also the service star flag which I just think is so good looking um, which honors active duty military members it is a white field with a red border all the way around it and a single blue star right in the middle 
and Mississippians are very much a people of service. We, we That is just a huge component of who we are and I think why we're known as the hospitality state. And so I wanted to bring in that um, honoring of service, whether civilian or military, um, because that's a huge component of who we are. Your grandfather was John C. Stennis. He was a Democrat who served in the Senate for just over 41 years. He supported racial segregation. He voted against the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. He voted against a holiday named for Martin Luther King Jr. So when people hear the words Stennis flag, there might be that association since he was your grandfather. And that's the name that's better known in this state than Lauren Stennis. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I understand if people have, if they think Stennis flag, oh no, that's named for, I would be horrified too. <laughs> and I would not be interested in that. But luckily, I mean, I didn't want to call it the Stennis flag at all and the, because I want it to be about people, not a person. And I mean, it, it's kind of become a temporary moniker because I designed it. But you're right. People don't think Lauren. They they automatically think of Pawpaw. And um, I'm, I've done my best. Well, they don't even think Pawpaw. <laughs> No, you're right. No, they they think about this, you know, segregationist, racist senator um, whose legacy is out there and we don't want to continue or honor. And um, so you're right. And, you know, if I were Lauren Smith, you know, know, it it probably wouldn't hinder the flag. But, um, but, you know, I I own that. You know, Pawpaw was wrong. And um, I'm happy to call it anything. In fact, my original name for it was the declare flag, and that just didn't stick. I was trying to name it declare flag, like just declare it's the flag, put it up, and maybe they'll knock out the paperwork later. You know, <laughs> um, But somehow that just didn't stick, and I kept hear- hearing people calling it the Stennis flag, I guess, because that was So you didn't call designer. it the Stennis flag. That was other people. Right. In fact, my original website, which StennisFlag.com still reroutes to, and you can see it in the bar, is DeclareMississippi.com. I mean, this is six years in, but yeah, but after a few years, somebody said, Lauren, I don't, I don't know what you keep calling it, but everybody's calling it the Stennis flag. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> you know, I, I was not, but I acquiesced, but, um, but the, the real n- number one, what we want to call it is the state flag of Mississippi. Um, this is, this is a temporary time. All we're trying to get d- d- done right now is to remove Confederate imagery from our state flag. It is a horrible logo. It has such a negative effect on our morale and our bottom line. And if any other organization had a logo that affected them negatively in that way, they'd change it in a heartbeat. And we have a shovel-ready solution and a moment in time born of tragedy. And we must take this opportunity to light a candle in the darkness. You designed this flag, as you said, in 2014. And it isn't the first time that it's been considered for the state flag. Is that correct? There's been legislation four years in a row now, but it's always died in committee. If this legislature decided to take down the state flag as it stands now, is your flag automatically or will it automatically become the state flag? Um, I don't know. I mean, it it, it is certainly positioned uh, in terms of – branding popularity you know it's been around and 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 as well you know it's it's flying above nielsen's department store in oxford it is flying at the fairview inn here which i love because that used to be the residence of the leader of the white citizens council so i love that irony um you know it is it is already 
you know, all over the place. But I, you know, that, that it could even be a temporary uh, switch, but I think, you know, whatever works, <laughs> let's get a new flag. Lawrence Dennis, thank you so much for being with us. Much obliged. I appreciate it. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.